Viacom CBS is throwing everything into Paramount Plus, but will it be enough to make it a must-have service for most viewers? Should you enable Netflix's new Downloads for You feature? Listen on to find out more. of the Video News End Screen Media Podcast. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and Colin Dixon joins me from End Screen Media. Hey, Colin, how are you? I'm doing very well, Will, thank you. I, uh, I spent some time with our friends at Viacom CBS yesterday at their big launch announcement for Paramount+. Plus. And that's certainly going to be one of the topics I think we chat about this week, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be our first topic this week. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the new Netflix download feature called Downloads for You, which you've had a little bit of experience with um, because you're an Android user. Me, not yet, because I'm an iOS user. But uh, we'll hold that for now. And first, we'll get started with Paramount+. Plus. So let's um, let's talk a little bit. It's like a uh, everything but the kitchen sink for content, don't you think? <laughs> That's about right. So CBS, Viacom CBS, is certainly not walking away from CBS's long-storied history of being a general broadcaster. It is really throwing, as you say, everything in the kitchen sink into Paramount Plus, and it really was quite an announcement. Although I have to say, Will. I hope it works better. I hope Paramount Plus works better than their production for this uh, for this big, big press event yesterday, which started 40 minutes or 30 minutes late and stopped a couple of times. It was uh, it was uh, not exactly, I would say, very smooth. Um, but I guess uh, I'll give you I'll give you some of the top nine things that they said. There was a heck of a lot in their presentation. First off is that you should really set your clock, set your calendar. March 4th is the release, the release date of Paramount+. Plus. And uh, they did something pretty remarkable, Will. They actually lowered the price from what you would pay to, to, uh, today for CBS All Access. So CBS All Access, I think, is uh, $5.99 today uh, with ads. And they've lowered that price to $4.99 for Paramount Plus. Uh, and the price for the ad-free experience, or at least ad-free in the on-demand stuff uh, experience, has remained the same at $9.99. So that, I suppose that's the that's the very interesting approach that they're taking, actually lowering the entry price for those who are happy to watch with ads. Although I will say they didn't say how many ads they were going to be showing. So uh, that's definitely open uh, we'll know more next week when it releases, of course. Um, but as as I said, they've really thrown the kitchen sink at this thing. They're putting pretty much everything into it. I suppose the most interesting announcement, bearing in mind that HBO Now is releasing pretty much all its top movies day and date with theater releases in the US in HBO Max. Now, CBS isn't, Viacom CBS isn't going that far. But what they are going to be doing is releasing some of their top titles within 30 to 45 days of releasing in theaters. And they say that that will include A Quiet Place 2, Paw Patrol, The Movie and Mission, and uh, Tom Cruise is back with yet another Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible (laughs) 7. Uh, But they also announced... 
not only will they have these first run movies, they're going to have 2,500 MGM and Paramount movies floating around in the in the service too. Um, and they really are pointing a lot of their creative energies now at Paramount+. Plus. So they said that there will be new scripted dramas. Um, they're resurrecting Criminal Minds. Apparently they're getting the band back together to solve um, uh, a new mystery over 10 episodes. There's going to be a flash dance show, a show based on Ho- Halo, um, and a raft of other stuff as well. A new Star Trek, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, focused on Captain Christopher Pike, um, and uh, a show based on the movie and the book The Man Who Fell to Earth, the movie with David Bowie, of course. Um, and that's just... In the drama category, they have a bunch of, I mean, they've got a bunch of kids stuff here as well coming in. A lot of reality. They have something like 10 reality titles. They have a Frasier reboot in comedy along with another 10 other titles coming in there too. Um, Many of these as well will be delivering this year. Um, and they're also going to be focusing on sport. This obviously caught my air, my eye because CBS All Access carries UEFA Champions League and UEFA Europa League and uh, Europa Conference League. So there's a lot of soccer there, but they're adding to it. They're going to have the National Women's Soccer League. They're going to have um, some CONCACAF, which has never been on TV before. They're going to have golf. Uh, with the PGA Tour. So there really is a ton of content here, along with news. Of course, they've had CBSN inside of CBS All Access for quite a while now, but they're doing a special version of 60 Minutes called, unsurprisingly, 60 Minutes Plus. Uh, But they're also doing a 48 Hours original, and there's going to be also a bunch of documentaries. So really, if there is a content type that you love, I think somewhere in all of that, there's going to be something for you on Paramount+. Plus. And just one note, they're also planning on um, uh, launching in Latin America. They'll be launching in Mexico, Brazil and Argentina. Um, although the pricing there will be a little bit different to uh, the pricing here in the US. So really everything but the kitchen sink in there, Will. Has that got you motivated to go and subscribe? It does sound like everything but the kitchen sink. And, um, you know, I think they fully recognize the stakes in carving out a place for Paramount Plus and needing to really put as much great content in there as possible. And, and that this was certainly the theme, by the way, of the uh, Super Bowl ads, the promotions that they ran. I think they had at least five minutes of ads during the Super Bowl for Paramount Plus, and they were bringing in all the different kind of characters and celebrities from all the different uh, programs and movies that they're going to be featuring in sports that they're going to be featuring. So um, that was, I thought, pretty cool to see. But uh, noteworthy here, Colin, I think, is the pricing. So uh, $4.99 a month, as you said, um, that's a dollar less per month for the ad-supported tier than what we see with Hulu. And um, at $9.99 per month, it's $2 less per month than what we see for Hulu ad-free. Um, and uh, Disney Plus, of course, is um, only ad-free there at $6.99 a month. So 
they come in more expensive than that. But I think generally speaking, uh, pretty aggressive on the pricing. And of course, there's the promotion that's been in market that I think you took advantage of $50, I think for 12 months. Is that right? Is that what the that's discount correct. is? It works out to $50. Yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, so they're kind of hitting the market hard on the pricing front. And um, as you said, key question is what the ad load is going to look like. We saw this must go back at least a year, maybe two years now that Hulu reduced the price of their ad supported tier because they were doing so well with the um, with the ads that uh, they were able to reduce and they went for more of a um, adoption model um, with uh, ad supported revenue. So I think that's I think that's probably going to be the play here also with Paramount Plus at five dollars per month. Um, I don't know. Peacock set the bar pretty low with five minutes per episode, five minutes per hour that they have run with since they um, since they launched. So I don't know, somewhere between five minutes per hour and 20, 22 minutes per hour, which is conventional on TV. What do you where do you think it's going to fall out? Yeah, I think you're probably right, Will. I think it's probably going to be higher, maybe in the 10 minute range. But I, I've got to tell you, I was very disappointed. Uh, one of the things that Peacock did when they did their launch was they had Linda Yaccarino on talking about all of the innovation that Peacock is doing in advertising. We had none of that in this presentation, which was very disappointing. I was expecting them to come out with um, with at least some new tech or approaches that they wanted to talk about to help, help keep um, ad prices high and keep the frequency low. Uh, they didn't do that, so that was kind of disappointing. I tell you, um, there were a couple of odd moments in the in the presentation. Well, I'm, I think they must have said a mountain of entertainment. I, <laughs> right. I mean, I think I lost count of the number of times <laughs> they said that. There was also a very funny moment when I forget who was giving who was talking at the at the present. They were talking about sixty minutes plus, and they were also talking about the one billion streams that CBSN has now. Uh, delivered and then they said this is a testament to our ability our ability to tell stories which I <laughs> <laughs> coupling that with news was a little bit of an unfortunate uh, way to phrase things yeah yep. um but uh, overall i thought very impressive very impressive presentation. They also gave us uh, in, in their guidance um, in when they actually gave the results. They gave us some guidance on how well CBS All Access and Showtime are doing, and uh, they're doing pretty well. They're they're pretty much um, they're pretty much ahead of where they thought they would be. They said they have thirty million global subscribers to Showtime and CBS All Access, of which nineteen point two million are in the US. Um, they uh, they did not break out the difference between CBS All Access and Showtime. They didn't tell us how many, but I got a feeling that you know CBS All Access is is somewhere in the twelve million range, and maybe Showtime in the seven million or eight million. It probably divides out like that. I think probably CBS All Access is in the lead. Um, and so, where does that place them in the US? Well, they probably have in CBS All Access today, uh, maybe the third or fourth, maybe the fourth or fifth most popular SVOD service in the US today. So when Paramount Plus launches in the US, it does so from a flying start. 
and uh, they'll they'll just be able to build build on that and maybe they won't need to do some of the promotional activity that we saw from Peacock and from Disney with people like Verizon where they're basically giving away the the the, the subscription service for a certain period of time maybe they're already um, with all of this content coming in and the promotions, maybe they won't need to do that. Right. Um, and I think a key part of the promotional plan is going to be Pluto. And they also released some numbers on Pluto, which were pretty impressive. 43 million global monthly active users, 30.1 million domestic users. I went back and looked at the press release, uh, was actually two years ago, January 2019, when Viacom CBS acquired Pluto. And at that point, Pluto had 12 million, subscri- 12 million monthly active users. There wasn't a breakout on international versus domestic. I'm assuming actually it probably was all uh, domestic at that point, but they've gone- It from, was all domestic. All domestic, right. Yeah, so they've gone from 12 million to 43 million. So that's like a three and a half times increase in monthly actives for Pluto and that's pretty significant, and also I think real uh, really underscores the um, free ad-supported TV model that Pluto and Tubi and Zumo and others, Roku Channel, have been very much behind over these past couple of years. And uh, you know, again, question here about how many subscription video on-demand services, SVOD services that uh, people are going to stack one on top of the other. I think the average is now around four, give or take. Um, but the fact that these ad-free streaming services are really finding their place in the market and Pluto is right there uh, among the top ones and no doubt is going to become a real source of promotional heft for Paramount Plus as it, uh, as it launches and goes forward. Yeah, I think I think that's right, Will. Um, and so, so the really interesting thing is that um, Bob Backish, I think, has done a really smart thing in putting Tom Ryan in charge of Viacom CBS's streaming properties. Uh, Tom was the founder of Pluto TV, and so he sort of came into Viacom CBS when they purchased Pluto TV a couple of years ago, and. Putting him in charge, I think, is a really smart play, smart play because Tom really knows the advertising market and uh, they're really going to be working, I think, to play those two, the premium SVOD type approach and the advertising approach off each other. Um, and they have that aspect. They have the aspect of advertising in the SVOD, SVOD service and in Pluto. So I think that was a really smart move of Bob Backish putting uh, Tom Ryan in charge of all of that. So that, um, I think, will give him a flying start. But i got to tell you, Will, it's going to be a fight to get CBS All Access Paramount Plus up into the echelons currently occupied by Disney uh, Disney Plus and Prime Video and, of course, Netflix. And we have new, new data on... Disney Plus, there was a report on in the information that about 40% of Disney Plus's subscribers actually are in the US, which would give it about 38 million subscribers. Uh, and uh, CBS All Access is, well, it's a way off that, right? It's probably only 10 or 12 million, something like that. Uh, so they've got a way to catch up and it's going to be, it's getting increasingly difficult to earn a spot in a lot of people's streaming portfolios 
for those anchor tenancy spots, those spots that people just pay the monthly dividend, the monthly um, subscription and keep watching. So that's the real challenge. But I tell you what, with all of this content coming into the service, they're certainly making a real good play at being one of the ones that you just have to have. Yeah, I agree. I think they're definitely putting their best foot forward. But, you know, to your point, the juggernauts right now of Netflix and Disney Plus, maybe you want to put Amazon in there as well. Those are really, as you call it, kind of the anchor tenants. And everybody else, um, whether it's Paramount Plus, Discovery Plus, Peacock, etc., uh, Hulu, I think are all going to be really battling it out for that that sort of next tier down positioning in, in, in people's streaming portfolios. Yeah, I think so too, Will. It's, um, as you say, it's a very, very competitive space now. And, uh, you know, Netflix is still earning its place in that spot. I saw a new data from Hub saying that they are recognized. They are by far and away the most recognized place for quality originals still, right. even with the entrance, entrance of people like Disney Plus and Peacock and HBO Max. They're still the top dog and it's going to be tough taking, uh, taking share and taking mind share. Away from well, they should be the top. They should be the top dog because they spend by far the most of any service <laughs> out there, and that's, they always that's have. That's certainly true. That's certainly and they true. always have. But speaking yep. of Netflix, we we do want to spend just a few minutes um, talking about Netflix. They announced this downloads for you feature earlier this week, which I think we both really like it conceptually. Uh, just to kind of recap quickly, it. It's, uh, it builds on what Netflix announced a couple of years ago called smart downloads. So smart downloads would proactively delete an episode that you watched, that you downloaded and watched, and replace it with, a, with the next episode of that series automatically on your mobile device. Um, very clever, I think, approach to keeping you sort of topped up, your downloads topped up. Now, downloads for you kind of takes it to the next level where if you've watched through what you uh, wanted to watch, what you had proactively decided to download, downloads for you is basically gonna download uh, programs and movies based on recommendations. So you haven't necessarily watched them, but Netflix thinks you're gonna watch them or might be interested in watching them. And, and you as the user decide how much of your mobile devices, um, spa uh, storage space you wanna allocate. I think it was a gig, three gigs or five gigs. and um, and so, you know, that sort of takes the downloading uh, convenience aspect to the next level. I think conceptually, we agree that it's a nice um, feature to have. I have not been able to use it yet because it's not available on iOS, but it is available on Android. So you did give it a spin and tell us what you thought about it. So uh, I did, yeah, I turned it on and um, it, it, I gave it just one gig because I was I'm a bit short on memory on my mobile device. And I think actually that's going to be a factor in whether people use this or not, Will, because uh, after I turned it on, it immediately downloaded three things to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I got to tell you, I don't feel like they're very personalized to me. Here's what they gave me, Will. They gave me I Care A Lot, which is a new movie from Netflix, which I'm kind of interested. Uh, I, you know, I might watch that. That's a might, but I probably won't watch it on my mobile. And then they gave me Bridgerton, 
the first episode of Bridgerton and the first episode of Firefly Lane. And both of those are drama rom-coms, described as drama rom-coms. And so I went back and I I tried to figure out why Netflix would recommend these to me. And I went back and I looked at my viewing over the last three months, which you can do through through the Netflix interface. And I have watched zero drama rom-coms in that time. Now, I'm not saying I've never watched a drama rom-com. I probably have at some point. But I tell you, there's a bunch of other stuff I'm sure they could have recommended me (laughs) downloaded to me other than this. Like, um, uh, for example, I think I've watched all of NCIS uh, on on Netflix and I know that they have a couple of new seasons so they could have downloaded the latest episode of that to me uh there's one thing for sure that I would have been interested in and I know they've gotten a couple of new sci-fi programs in as well which they know I like because I always watch that stuff on there so anyway I'm I'm kind of disappointed at the recommendations um that they've that they've uh, sent down to me it doesn't feel very personalized I that that's for sure and I think I'm, I'm, I'm not alone here. I was looking at some TiVo data uh, from their latest video trends report. And that data shows that three in five people are aware their S4 provider makes personalized recommendations. But 28%, only 28% say the recommendations are always accurate. 70% say they're only sometimes accurate. And... Uh, if my uh, if, if my experience is anything to go by, then they're more they're less accurate than they are more, as it were. Um, however, that TiVo data was interesting, Will, because it does show why maybe Netflix has has launched this feature. They say that uh, the TiVo says SVOG customers report watching the recommended shows forty two percent of the time. So. Even though they think they're not, they may think they're not terribly accurate. They're accurate enough to get people to watch the shows. Right. So, right. Right. Maybe that's what's going on there. But I have to tell you, well, I got a feeling I'll, I'll try watching. You know, just to see what happens when I watch one of these shows. Although I ha- really have no interest in Bridgerton and Fire- Firefly Lane, I may watch one just to see what Netflix does after I've watched it. Um, maybe they'll give me something that's more interesting to me. And if they do, I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll drop it into the conversation next week. That'll be great, Colin. And, and also, you know, to be fair, the recommendations that they gave you in downloads for you were very similar to what you see in your Netflix app on TV as well. So it's not as if it's a flaw in downloads for you. It's more generally speaking, a flaw in the recommendations yeah. algorithm that yeah. Netflix is using. Yeah, as you say, and you know, the, the recommendations that I see when I come into Netflix under my profile, they generally are not connected to my interests. That's my yeah. impression. They yeah. just seem to be based on the latest thing that Netflix has to offer. So yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm being unfair, but uh, that's certainly my impression. All right. Well, we'll get back to that, Colin. You'll take another look at that uh, as the week progresses. But I think that's all we have time for today, right? That's it. All right, so look forward to next week, Paramount Plus launching, and we'll give it a spin and see how it works out. And otherwise, thanks everyone for listening in on this week's edition of the Video News and Screen Media Podcast, and we'll see you all again next week. Bye.